Uh, here we are, folks. Episode 15, Lost on the River uh, podcast, coming to you directly from the historic Herzog Studio Space downtown Cincinnati. I am Bill Furby, uh, co-host uh, with me this week, as always, Elias Lysering. Hello. That's him. And uh, Aaron Sharp, not able to join us this time, but I think we're going to handle it uh, just fine. Producer Matt Spaulding is also at the helm. Hello. And our guests uh, for this episode, number 15, uh, none other than John Curley from the Afghan Wigs and Ultra Suede Recording Studio, and in a little bit, Nick Mitchell of the Adjust Your Eyes Festival. Well, John John is here with us uh, right now, and uh, John, I guess, a good place to start would be your history with the Herzog Studio Space. Now, uh, I believe about eight years ago, uh, you'd been in here uh, as part of an uh, anniversary for the Flat and Scruggs session, Foggy Mountain Breakdown, the recording of that, and the Comet uh, Bluegrass All-Stars came in and recorded a bit of music. Now, it's been a while since you've been in the space. Uh, can you share maybe some uh, thoughts on the space at the time that the marker was being dedicated? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, the last time I was in here, the, the space was quite different. I think it was pretty new. Uh, it wasn't nearly um, decorated and uh, and lived into the degree it is now. Um, you know, it's you guys have great displays of some old tape machines and lots of cool pictures on the wall, uh, piano, sound equipment, drums, uh, some exhibits of various uh-huh. uh, kinds, um, gold records. So I mean, it's it looks cool. It looks you you guys have. Done a lot with the place. Oh, We've been working on it. Yeah, not just good. us, but a whole bunch of people. Yeah. It's exciting, and it's it it's exciting to to uh, to see and and to be a small part of um, you know the uh, increasing awareness of of Cincinnati's music history and and the role that we played in uh, you know rock and roll and R and B and country and you know everything that came after. Well, cool. And I know uh, one of the photos that we have on display here you had taken during the marker dedication out right. front and i believe elliot uh ruther uh with the foundation had shared with me that it's been shared uh on a website a hank williams site by brian turpin oh cool uh, all I right believe so and who is brian turpin uh hank williams uh biographer oh fun yeah yeah i just i was gonna I, the first time that <laughs> i was introduced to john which yeah. was just through the heartless bastards first album okay which i played on repeat for like a year and a half. It was pretty good. It was amazing. And John, you were on that album? No, it no, was it's... done at, at Ultra oh, Suede, uh, actually by Brian Neese, who was a, another engineer that worked down there. Um, I did some demos with the Heartless Bastards uh, when they first got together. I knew Erica from uh, a band called Jesus that she had been in, um, in Dayton with some other folks. And, uh, but when they came in to record, uh, they did it with Brian. I think I might have been on tour at the time or had other commitments or something like that. But I'm a fan and, you know, still keep in touch with Erica. And seen them from time to time when our, our paths have crossed on tour. So then, like, like that's the, the, the CD, and I'm like, oh, I'll just wait. And then that kind of opened up all the other things that you've been involved in. And I'm like, oh, you're a photographer, Oh, mm-hmm. you were a bass player in a really famous band too. Like I didn't, because that was all kind of before <laughs> my time, and uh, so I'm a little bit. Um, 
you were still learning about Cincinnati at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit. Um, yeah, and that's. I mean, Cincinnati's never been good at you know propping itself up in any way, shape, or form. As like we did something amazing, and so I, it's part of why one of the reasons this show exists. Yeah. You know? What What's the yeah. word though when you're like starstruck? So I'm a little starstruck because you're. <laughs> oh, I think the I've, word is starstruck. Yeah, because I, I think it's starstruck. I've never. We've never met, and you've always just been this name out in like the Cincinnati like art. F, F, the ethos ethos that's the word god he's so good I'm so he's so good at being the producer guy <laughs> so this is like this name out in the ethos that like started connecting like into all of these spaces no, no, no. that ether. i didn't i think it's ether well and, and ether is what knocks people out at the dentist and, and as we mentioned with the, the heartless bastard aside from your own uh creative contributions at ultra suede studio mm-hmm. i mean what an establishment and uh, uh and certainly uh, unfortunately, right now, in the news a little bit for uh, transition. Uh, I don't know if you want to go into a little bit of, of what's happening there. Well, sure. I was in that building. Well, Ultrasuede started actually in uh, the bedroom of my house in Camp Washington. Uh, later moved to the bedroom of a couple houses in Northside um, and uh, eventually wound up in a commercial space in Northside, in a loft space above a pottery shop. That building now is uh, Django Taco, Okay, maybe I don't even know if they're still in business. Like what years are we talking? So that was like 90-ish. Okay. Um, I started buying recording equipment in probably like 1985, and I think I did my first session um, where somebody paid me in probably like 86. Now you're a pro. That's how that works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got paid. Yeah. Um, so from the, the the kind of the the last chapter, the uh, the chapter that that you know has recently closed began in 1993 in um, back in Camp Washington in the uh, QCA space. Mm-hmm. QCA was a uh, kind of a one stop shop for music back in the day. It was started by um, Rusty York. Rusty was was part of it. I think he was one of the original engineers. It was a bunch of people that had worked at or with King Studios. Sure. Uh including um my landlord was a guy named Jim Boskin. Yeah. Um Jim's dad had worked at King and some of the people that that ran the presses and the um and the uh you know recording equipment, the mastering equipment, the lathes and stuff like that had had been at King or or contracted for them. Uh, when Jim's dad retired, Jim took it over, but it was a one-stop shop. You could basically go in there, you know, with, with your lyrics scribbled on the back of an envelope and come out with a, a, you know, carload of records. They would provide the band, the artwork, you know, the photos, the music, the arrangement, the mastering, the recording. Uh, it was really old school in that regard. Um, in the 1980s, maybe early eighties, um, Jim got out of the recording studio business, uh, which is traditionally very difficult to make a profit in, um, and began renting the space uh, first to Reggie Calloway and Midnight Star people who used it for a while, and then they left, and um, it sat vacant for a couple of years, and my partner Dave Davis uh, was looking for a place to do mastering. We had found that um, – it was we were making a lot of records and we were having trouble with the next step, which was basically getting it to a form where we could put it on a CD and, and have a, a predictable result that we were happy with. 
um, mastering, which is the the process sort of between the recording and the actual stamping of the record or the manufacturing of the CD, was in transition at that time as everything began to to go from analog records, cassettes to digital CDs and and eventually streaming and, and MP3s and stuff. And this would be for the work being done at Ultrasuede. Yeah, initially it was, and and as as Dave. Uh, you know, got better at it, he began to get more clients and, and it's still something that he's doing today. Um, but anyway, he discovered the, the QCA space vacant um, while he was looking for a place to do mastering. And we moved from the north side location into the, the B studio at QCA where we, and then eventually over to the, the A studio. And we were there from 93 till 2018, tr- almost 25 years to the day. Hmm. Uh, the building got sold at the end of last year, and the new landlord, uh, I guess, has other plans. But um, my lease wasn't renewed, and uh, and uh, I am now um, in a partnership with the guys at the lodge down in Kentucky. Great group, yeah, awesome. And you know, they're people that I was friends with, and we've had you know run in the same circles for a while. The guys that work there have recorded at my studio. The engineers that that worked at Ultra Suede had recorded at the lodge, so. We had a very, you know, friendly relationship um, with them. And uh, Scott Basler, who owns the lodge, was quick to kind of reach out and, and ask me if I wanted to come down and be part of what they're doing. Uh, it's a super cool collective down there. It's awesome. It's really yeah. exciting. And, and um, it offers the opportunity to do a lot of things that, that I wasn't able to do at Ultrasuede, being, you know, kind of a sole proprietor. Um that's not to say I don't owe a lot of credit to the to the other engineers and the people that work there, but you know there was only so much that I could do as as kind of the you know the president of the operation, and they have at the lodge it's more of a collective, and there are lots of people doing lots of things, and and the um, the opportunities for uh, you know they're just kind of wide open. Yeah, it's like a artist food court. Yeah, it's really cool, <laughs> and and you know the uh, the. Uh, you know, the vibe of being around a bunch of people doing all kinds of creative stuff is, is exciting, mm-hmm. you know, at this point in my life. Yeah. In- incidentally, um, the All Seeing Eyes recorded uh, – uh, we, we have a we have a Reds opening day party. They played – we played a show. We recorded mm-hmm. them here. We did a 45, and that was pressed by Q- – or it was done through QCA. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we did the DJ DQ album. That's, what, yeah, that's mm-hmm. where it came. Yeah, that also that, yeah. came out of QCA and – I spoke with Jim multiple times yeah. in that process. And Jim's great. I mean, Jim is a uh, funny overlap just, mm-hmm. and now you're in the lodge and he's a really cool guy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, that's one of the things that, that I kind of miss is, is the relationship with him. Um, he was a great landlord. He had great, uh, appreciation and respect for the creative process and, and, um, you know the the very fact that that studio is still there is a testament to um to his appreciation for the value that it had beyond the square footage um he let that place sit for several years uh essentially you know collecting dust because he knew that um eventually i guess he knew or he hoped that someone would come along and and see it for what it was and and want to get in there um and that's before you moved in, you're saying? Yeah, okay. yeah. But from the time that Reggie moved out to the time I moved in was maybe five years or so. Yeah. Um, but he could have easily just torn out the walls and rented it as warehouse space. And, um, 
you know, held on to it. Because yeah, it's he, good he believed in the the value of it and stuff, and and he did the same thing with a lot of his old record pressing equipment. I don't know something, something in his brain was like, eh, I should hold on to this stuff. And sure enough, you know, a bunch of years go by and people start making records again, and you know, he drags it out of the closet and sets it up, and you know, gets there's back the, into boom. it. There's yeah. few there's few things that were made forty or fifty years ago that are ever going to be made better forty or fifty years later. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I like to joke about like when I, you know, when I go someday, are my kids going to be like, "Let's scroll through Dad's MP3 files and see what he loved," or are they going to look through my records and be like, "Oh yeah, Dad was into cool stuff," you know? So, yeah. Or they'll shove them on the curb because they're so heavy. One eight hundred gut junk. They're so heavy. Nobody wants these. There's, yeah. this, I think the thing that's cool about records is records are a, engage all your senses. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. And and MP3s are like they're cool. I love having ten thousand songs on my phone. I love having, I love being at band practice and someone says, "Yeah, there was this song and it's got this cool part and we should do something like that." And in you know thirty seconds, everybody's listening to it. Um, I think that's great. But there's just something about like you know listening to a record is something you do. Um, it's just people are it's just stereotyping, just like the way people stereotype people, and you're not supposed nice, to do that. Nice you know. Pun. You're not supposed to do that either. It's like oh, see that an MP3 is its own thing. It's for its own thing. It's for its own <clears throat> sure. place and time. And sure, it was a wave when it happened. No pun intended. Or it was a wave before it happened. <laughs> sorry, I'm really sorry about that. You can edit that if you want. But was that? I didn't even get. I, I don't didn't get even get the joke. Well, wave? the wave of the MP3 because it was it's a wave audio, audio, before it audio was file joke. Yeah, it's an audio. It was an Jesus audio file. Sorry, I got it. That's yeah. Thank you. Totally. It was anyway, a wave before. Ooh, John Curley just gave me a high five. I'm gonna so. But anyway, I've lost track. So stop. I'll give you a high five. Why is he so? He's uptight today. Uh, today, yeah, just today. No, okay. Anyway, so anyway, I was just saying that it kind of washed everything out real fast, you know. And then, but people came to their senses and realized, oh, I'm not collecting anything. Or, no, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have anything tactile, or you know. And, well, the quality and, too and, is uh, an issue. You know, when you begin compressing things, you know, you yeah, lose yeah. that. You know? Yeah, and you, you don't necessarily notice it at first, and right. then after you've listened to that for. A while, and then you someone puts a record on in front of you, and then you're like, "Oh man!" Yeah, it's like somebody giving it you a hug. It really doesn't yeah, take us. There were us plenty to... of crappy sounding records though back in the day, and I mean, I, you know, yes. I was part of one or two of them, and uh, you know, we would make stuff at the studio, and and you know, you could deliver something that was that sounded really good, and it would come back on the record, and and not sound anything right. like you delivered it, and for for better or worse, MP3s and CDs are a lot more um, true to you know when you when you bounce a file digitally from Pro Tools or whatever you're using, it's going to sound like it sounds. I it was you know I remember people would go out to the car with their you know cassette that had been sitting on the dashboard for three summers and you know come back in and give you mix notes based on the you know listening to it out in their car and you're just like oh my god, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't miss those days. I like being able to hit one button and put everything in a Dropbox. And, totally. It's know, definitely more – it's definitely given people an easier way to consume it. But like anything, you know uh, – and this is a, a really interesting phenomenon of maybe the last 30 years as, as technology has really 
um, advanced at a pace that we've never seen before. You know, there's the new thing comes out and it's everybody thinks, oh, this is this is going to solve everything. And it's, you know, it's the one size fits all that we've been waiting for. And you use it for a while and you realize, well, you know, it's actually better for some things. But there's these other things that we've already been using that were better for these other things. And, you know, it's it's like any other tool. It has a use that that is in some cases perfect. And in other cases, maybe the old thing was better. So it's you know, you just have to kind of go through trial and error. Open-mindedness. It just shows how being open-minded helps yeah. solve problems. Did you work on that process at all? Like trying to figure out how to get a digital file that sounds one way to vinyl and then it, you, know, you said it came back. It didn't sound exactly right. I mean, did you ever... Well, this was in the, when we were using tape. You know, I came up kind of DIY, so we were not... We didn't always have access to the greatest tape machines and the greatest equipment. So a lot of times we were working with... Um, you know, there was a thing called Dolby noise reduction that that would um, was a circuit that the sound would go through and it would change it on the way in so that it would play back a certain way on the way out and it was supposed to give you better quality sound. And, um, and then there was a competing one called DBX that did the same thing. And there were just a lot of um, different shortcuts and, you know, workarounds that, again, some of them worked pretty well and some of them didn't. And one thing about Dolby that, you know, you guys might remember is, you know, you were supposed to record with it on and then play it back with it on, but the tape sounded way better if you turned it off when you played it back. And, I always thought that it sounded bad, like it was like a mute button. As a kid, I would put a cassette in and I would just play my dad's tape deck, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there would be the Dolby button and you would hit that and it would get rid of the hiss. And take all the high end. And it. take all of the, and then it just sounded like a yeah. really flat tune. It just didn't sound good. What was the first tape you ever uh, had? The first tape that I ever had, bought, bought, yeah, that's good. <clears throat> had or bought with your grass cutting money. The, the, no, yeah. the, <laughs> the first tape that I was um, like really, really, really enamored with, my neighbor had, and it was like a, it was almost like a Fisher Price kids collection tape, but it had painted black by the Rolling Stones on it. <laughs> that's hilarious. And you put it in the Teddy Ruxpin, and the Teddy yeah, Ruxpin. And <laughs> its eyes turned red. But that was <laughs> Ed spun around. That was young. That was young. And then my neighbor also, his older brother, um, I lived like back a dirt road, so it was just one family really. Uh, he had a he, like an old fashioned style boombox, like the sweet ones that yeah. are like four thousand dollars now, like the big silver on your shoulder. And all summer he dug a ditch for his dad, and uh, he had. Wow. This, well, they were like wow. they were getting. They were like doing not a drainage. like for his dad. Yeah, they were doing like, like a well. They were like landscaping and draining, doing I like see. a drainage I ditch, see. but it was like right. an acre of land, and it yeah. was a big project. And mm-hmm. every summer or all day that he had Beastie Boys and Run DMC cassettes going. And I thought that was really cool. But my first cassette was uh, the La Bamba soundtrack. Wow. There it is. is. That's tough. That's tough to admit. So you went out and purchased that with your own money? Yep. Mm -hmm. And then my second one might have have been. Not bad? Not not a bad. It's pretty bad. Do you have older brothers? No, I'm an only child. So cut me some slack. Cut me some slack. And it was also cut me some slack. It was like a sneak attack. I had a very. um, non rock and roll. I, you're not you're not allowed to buy rock and oh, roll. Oh right, yeah. So I yes. had to sneak rock and roll. Oh. I sort of sneaked in the back door with a yeah. movie soundtrack. Yeah, the La Bamba. Song. Nobody nobody knew that Bo Diddley tune was on the soundtrack. <laughs> 
the rattlesnake hide one. Uh, yeah. Good. Who do you love? Who do you love? Uh-huh. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, no, I just like the Buddy Holly oh, tune. So John, when did you, like, as a young man, discover that music was going to be a, a big part oh, of your life? Very good question. I think like probably around kindergarten or first grade. I remember hearing songs where I, you know, was fascinated by the lyrics or the sounds and stuff. And and I remember in like first grade for Christmas, I got one of those cassette players, like the big kind that the cassette went in the top and it had the speaker built into it. And it was like, yeah. you know, the size of a couple of books stacked on top of each other. Yeah. And I used to sit like by the radio and just wait for songs that I like to come on and make my own mixtapes. So you would record it from the speaker yeah. into the... Later, You're I talking about out, the rectangular thing with like a handle on it? Yeah. That thing? Yeah. yeah totally. Later, oh, yeah, I yeah. figured out that you could, that I learned how to solder and I soldered the speaker wire straight yes. to the microphone of the recorder. Nice. And, you know, that was probably the beginning of my, my studio. Yeah, I'd say. That's awesome. <laughs> my first studio. Do you remember what those songs were? Uh, like, I definitely remember a really early one was um, uh, Changes by David Bowie was one that I remember like in, in Killer Queen by Queen the way the guitar solo it's still to this day like just blows my mind the the layered harmony guitars of Brian May who's one of those people that you can hear one second of his playing and, and recognize mm-hmm. it as his um, and my folks had some cool records too like there's a Roberta Flack record that they had that I liked um, that I still like and um, Mamas and the Papas I remember and that was always an early favorite of mine and the uh, AM like uh, call in show, the solid gold or something like yeah. that. You could call in. Didn't mean to interrupt you, but oh no, that's okay. I was ready to be interrupted. <laughs> no, I just uh, did. Yeah. You call in? Oh yeah, I called in. <laughs> I called in. I got acknowledged once, and I got Earth Angel on the air. Did you really? I was like it? twelve. You're a young guy listening to Bowie soldering things, and then um, how does uh, instruments come in when you start playing instruments? Was it always bass or would it start somewhere else? Yeah, it was always bass. I So, you know, sitting there by the radio listening to songs and stuff and um, the uh, they did like an hour-long special on The Who. The Who was like, Who Are You was getting ready to come out. And um, so they did like an hour-long special on The Who and I just remember like listening to it. I probably knew, you know um, – I thought it was called Teenage Wasteland at the time, sure, but Bob O'Reilly sure. was was the song that I probably knew by them. And um, but I just remember like really being drawn to the bass playing in that band, and then starting to notice the bass in all the other records that I had. And um, yeah, that was kind of the the start of it. And then did you buy your first guitar yourself? Sort of. I I was more of a uh, you know get the money in my hand and spend it right away. My brother was a better saver. So he had a bunch of money saved up and I, I actually borrowed the money for my first base from my little brother. <laughs> nice. He was like 12. That's great. <laughs> That's great. And uh, where, where did you, was it a Sears purchase? Where'd you get this thing from? No, I bought it at a music <laughs> store. We used to go to the beach uh, at the Jersey shore and I bought it at the oh, mall in Tom's river, New Jersey. So when, when did You're you from move to New Cincinnati? Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. Originally. Yeah. Tom's river was a, uh, um, where uh, um, Todd Frazier's from. Oh, I saw right. him hit the uh, home run at the home run derby to win. Yeah. When, when I was, was at this? the I was at the home. That run was derby. the best part of that All Star Week. Yeah, sure. Was, I, yeah. I, I, that's like my memorable Reds moment. 
Wow. So, oh, that's great. Well, there we go. Didn't think that on record. That's didn't, on record. Yeah, didn't think that. that you were going to get that fun fact in. Oh, and another fun fact is oh, somebody else that I was with just today just returned from a vacation at Jersey Shore, and they said what a great time they had. Wow. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should go out there. Why is that? I'm trying to remember now. Where where was I? Oh, uh, yeah, you're calling his bluff. He was making up no, the no, story. No, 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 no. Give me a second. <laughs> Who's your friend? What was her name? Uh, she, I was she actually, lives in Canada. I mean. uh, oh, I, I, she she, told, to she doesn't want me school. to mention her name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I met her in Florida. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, uh, I can't remember now. That's good. Uh, well, let's jump to the uh, Afghan wig stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, and, you, and you guys just got back from Stretch uh, on the Road, didn't you? We did. We just got back from uh, a, a co-headlining tour with Built to Spill. Cool. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, w- when are you heading back out? It's going to be a while. We, we're just getting started um, booking time and, and writing songs for a new record. Gotcha. Fun. That's okay. great. So. so that all comes together. So you had bands before this, before the Wigs, I assume, right? You played yeah, bands and, sort of, more or less. And that that was, was like were you first... doing that in Jersey? No, no. I was. I didn't even I – got, I got my bass when I was like 15 and then – at that time, we had already moved from New Jersey to uh, suburban Maryland outside of Washington, D.C., but we continued to go to the Jersey Shore every summer. But that's great. I mean, it's a great time to be in D.C., I imagine, in that area. Did you get to go see shows around that time? Were you going uh, to yeah, see? I mean, I can remember when, like, the whole, you know, punk scene was mm-hmm. going on and stuff, and um, I didn't really appreciate it until later. I was more into, like, psychedelic music and, mm-hmm. and um, stuff like that, but it was a great music scene, and... Um, the drinking age was still 18, so you could go to shows and stuff. And, uh, you know, D.C. was a cool place where a lot of mid-level bands would come through and, and play at, you know, um, the theater, uh, theater-sized places there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I saw a lot of great concerts there. Um, and then I moved to Cincinnati in 85 and met Greg uh, Dooley shortly after that. And um, What was that meeting like? <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, I had this apartment. I had moved into this apartment in Coryville, and Dave was, or uh, uh, Greg was house sitting for Dave Davis, who was the my partner at Ultrasuade, the the mastering guy that I referenced earlier. So Dave had just gotten married. Greg was house sitting for him. Um, he had a couple friends over there, and they were all doing homework, and I was listening to records. And I guess the music was a little too loud, so he sent somebody else over to tell me to turn it down and wound up talking to that guy. One thing led to another. I found out they had a band, went to see the band. Their bass player left to go to college. I offered my services, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. That's awesome. Were they the Whigs then, or was that something else? Oh, uh, no, that was the Black Republicans. At, at what <laughs> point did the Black Republicans turn into the Afghan Whigs? So that band... I think I only played one or two gigs with them. Um, and Rick McCollum, who became the uh, Wigs guitar player, uh, he was someone that I knew, and, and we had been making four-track recordings together and stuff. And we brought him in, and, and out of the three of us, Greg and Rick and I, began working together and, and had more of a kindred spirit than, than the other guys who... Um, you know, just kind of went in different directions. Um, I think the three of us had had an idea that we were going to try to do something more serious and, and uh, 
I mean, at this point in your committed. life, are you like all in? I mean, you have a day job, I assume. But I got like... a day. I worked at the Cincinnati Enquirer. I was a photographer. Crazy. That was what brought me to Cincinnati. Yeah. I was going to say, now, I, I'm not the uh, most thorough Afghan Whigs historian, but I believe the story, as I've heard it, was uh, the Fluid were playing at Sadi Malone's and somehow acquired a demo tape from the Afghan Whigs. I'm not sure if it was Sadi's. I think it might have been Chili's. Chili's, okay. But... Pete Wagley, who was one of the guys who who booked that space later uh, in the Chrome Cranks. Peter um, Aaron. Peter well, Aaron. sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I knew him by his maiden name. Gotcha. <laughs> um, he, the Fluid were staying at his house, and he, I guess they got into a conversation about mu- the music scene and stuff, and, and they wound up leaving Cincinnati with our um, self-produced debut record called Big Top Halloween, sure. which found its way back to Seattle. And, uh, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden there's this Seattle... Centric label with a Cincinnati band yeah. in the roster. The first, right? I believe was that the first band that was outside of Seattle to be pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, they so Sub Pop asked us to do. Um, they were doing this uh, singles club thing, um, and we did a, a recording for that, which was every month you subscribed and they'd send us seven inch. Right. Yeah. And some of those are are you know pretty. Uh, famous and oh, yeah. highly valued these days. Yeah, yeah, holy cow. Like the original Nirvana ones and stuff. And, you know, they've since reissued a lot of them. And, uh, and they started the Singles Club again recently, I think, too. Um, I'm not sure if it's still going on, but I know within the last few years they It's such a revamped. cool concept. Yeah, sure. it's awesome. Um, but, you know, we, we did the single for them and, and started a relationship with them. And they were like, well, you know, we, we don't really sign bands until we've seen them play live. And we're not coming to Cincinnati. <laughs> so, so we bought a van and drove out to Seattle and played a gig. Wow. And, yeah. uh, and you know, they uh, they signed us. Nice. And, you know. And where, where was the gig? The gig was, uh, oh, man. It was at like a VFW hall or or something like that yeah i'm embarrassed that i can't remember um but it was it was like three bands that you would have heard of sure and us wow and uh and did they sign you to a multi-record deal or was it just the well signed you know is is a loose kind of term (laughs) um but they they agreed to put out a record for us a couple months later we went back out and and um Slept on the floor at, at uh, Jonathan Poneman, the owner of the label's house, and went to the studio every day and worked with Jack and Dino and, and made a record, um, and then made another one, and then... So that first one is that Congregation? That's up in it. Oh, up in it, I'm sorry. Go the ahead. second one was Congregation, okay. and then by that time, the the rest of the world had kind of heard about Sub Pop. Mm-hmm. Nirvana had, had put out a record on Geffen. Um, we got signed to Elektra. We did two records for them, did another record for Columbia. Um, so that would be gentlemen and gentlemen and black, black love, love for Electra, and then um, 1965. 1965 for Columbia, and then after that uh, we called it quits for a while. Right. Greg went on to do the Twilight Singers, the Gutter Twins, various mm-hmm. other things, and then in 2012 uh, we decided it was time to get back together again. And it's a great idea. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I saw the um, show you did at Washington Park. You know. Um, oh yeah, yeah. For was that Midpoint? I guess right. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be back in a, in Cincinnati at Washington Park on a beautiful night, you know, and have that place full of people and yeah, hearing yeah. Afghan wigs 
echoing through the city streets, you know, it was super cool. And I think Greg that night said like it was the first time you guys had played an outdoor show since like a backyard party, you know, in Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I I remember we got this like, I mean, early on before I I think it was before we had a record or anything or maybe around the time and big top we were working on it or had it been out. But our friend who was a bartender at Sudsy's was like, Hey, you want to play this uh, 4th of July barbecue for, for my friend. And, um, and we're like, nah, we don't really, you know, do stuff like that. And, you know, we play our own songs and we're really loud. And he's like, well, you know, they'll give you $200. And we're, oh, yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> so we went out there and played. And, and we only had like 45 minutes worth of material. And it was all really loud and fast. And, yeah. you know, so we set up on this deck and, and just assault these people who were like having a barbecue. And, <laughs> you know, they're all in like their 40s, 50s and 60s. And, and uh and we finished, and and they're like, you know, play some more. We're like, we don't have any more songs, so we just played everything again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. And then left, and everybody was happy. It was, it was interesting. So, did you um, have any sense that, um, like, after the first uh, couple things came out, and you were saying like, Sub Pop's getting some notoriety, that like by the time Gentlemen came around, did you have any sense of what direction you were heading in as far as popularity? I mean, I think like when Gentlemen came out, that was when when I started to see a lot more press and stuff like that. And, and, um, you know, that was kind of the heyday of like MTV 120 minutes and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was noticeable for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, and, and what, what a time to, to be part of the local music scene, because you guys at the height of your game, uh, you had the ass ponies, you know, getting international exposure. And then Dayton, Ohio, just 40 minutes away, you had Brainiac and Guided by Voices uh, and, and Kim Deal, you know, doing stuff with the breeders and stuff. It was just... Yeah. It, it was insane. And uh, and, and I remember when, when I lived in Dayton, uh, which was just for a few years, I was working with someone who was in New York. And I kind of lamented that Dayton wasn't uh, the best spot for me. And, and she, you know... She seemed surprised and, and likened this area to like the home of indie rock, which was really odd to hear someone in New York saying that about this region. Mm-hmm. Because for the longest time, uh, the opinion was if you live here in the middle of the country, you can't you can't make it in show business. You got to move to one of the big cities to uh, you know get to where the studios are, to, to where uh, you know the agents are, mm-hmm. the big venues, all that stuff. Well, you guys um, sort of did that, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I think at a certain point that's that's true. In that you have to, um, you have to like. This is a great place to to be in a band and to start a band and to get a band off the ground. But at a certain point, you got to get in the van and go somewhere sure. else to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what we did. Mm-hmm. But um, then you came back a well, couple yeah. times. I mean, we never... And you played the secret shows, which right. were tons of fun. And how did that come about? Do you have any memory of like why all of a sudden whose idea was to create an alternate moniker and book a show at Top Cats or Sudsies? Oh, yeah. Well, that was that was Greg's idea. Really? I mean, he's the, the you know overwhelming creative force right. behind everything we do. Um, and... Uh, you know, the, I think those those shows were just a way to like have some fun, mm-hmm. and you know, it's you got a record coming out, you want to do a show, but you don't want to have all the 
you know, associated stuff that goes with a album release party or something. You just want to like have a fun party. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely that. Yeah, yeah. that was. It was just. I mean, this was like pre pre internet, right? So yeah. I mean, I essentially got a phone call from a friend that was like, "Did you see who's playing at Sutsies tonight?" I was like, "I don't know who that is." He's like, "It's the Afghan Wigs." I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Go down there. We'll just wait and see what happens. I guess you know. Sure enough, yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun to do stuff like that. One of my favorite uh, performances uh, by your band uh, at the Hair Arena in Dayton. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big show. Uh, the Afghan Wigs, guided by voices, uh, the Breeders, and the New Bomb Turks. Yeah, uh, not a, a single act that I wasn't thoroughly invested and in, in, very interested in, and just to see one after the other. And was that ninety? Four. Yeah, that was I was there. It was ninety four. Yeah. yeah, probably sometime around there. Jeez, yeah. jeez, what a show that was. That was yeah, that show. was that was fun. That was yeah. cool to be part of that and uh-huh. you know celebrate Ohio, yeah. which has a really rich history of of rock and roll music and and um, way more than Utah. Oh well, yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Thanks for chiming in, Elias. But you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just isn't Utah the home of jazz? Isn't that why the basketball that team is? is <laughs> that is a, that is a common misunderstanding, I believe. No, Ohio's got like I think you're. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It's a huge history, and I just think it's funny because. So I have a question for you. Why haven't um, I? So I had like a uh, was it live from New Orleans bootleg, um, yeah. Howlin' Wolf bootleg for right. a while. Um, you guys have never released live stuff, have you? Uh, actually, we've released quite a bit recently, uh, especially since we started touring again in 2012. We we try to record every show, and um, we have at least half a dozen different live CDs, you oh, know, available online and stuff. Online mm-hmm. and at our shows. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, Good to know. You know, it's it's probably. Uh, it's, it's all stuff from, you know, post 2012. Right. Um, so you get a lot of the, the two new records on there too. Do you have like an archive of older, um, stuff that you guys keep? I, I have some, and I know there are some fans that, that have much better collections than me. Um, the problem is the further back you go, you get into, um, like quality problems. Sure, you know, sure. it was, it was hard to, um, you know, to sneak a DAT player in and, and, um, you know, record a show and stuff. The board mixes tend to be hit or miss in quality. Uh, stuff that, that's, that's, you know, MP3s that you would find in the early days of, of Napster and stuff like that. The quality tends to be really low compared to what mm-hmm. you get today just because download speeds were so much slower. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the, the coding um, software wasn't as good as it is now. I played the crap out of that Howlin' Wolf bootleg. Cause it was, yeah. I think it was like a Thanksgiving show or something like that. It was a Thanksgiving show and it was it was a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally was. Yeah. We, had, we had rented a practice space on that same block. So like, you know, 100 feet down the street was, was where we wrote the majority of 1965. Awesome. And, uh, you know, we used to go hang out at the Howlin' Wolf. We'd played there a bunch of times and um, you know, prior to that, when we would go down to New Orleans and play, and uh, and then we just wound up having a practice space on that same block, and you know, got to know the owner. And- John, if if you could recap, maybe uh, the current lineup of the band that's hitting there. I, I know you got Patrick from the Greenhorns. Patrick Keeler from the Greenhorns is uh, on drums. Um, John Skibick uh, is on guitar, and Rick G. Nelson 
plays keyboards, cello, uh, violin, and recently uh, took over as the other guitar player um, when our uh, our longtime friend and, and uh, guitar player Dave Rosser passed away from cancer about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. Um, so, you know, we recorded, um, in spades with Dave and, um, we never got to tour it with him cause he got sick shortly after that. I remember reading about that. That's really sad. I'm sorry, yeah. sorry to hear about that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but Rick is a, an amazing musician and, and, you know, just whatever you throw at him, he's able to, to just do it. Yeah. So he learned, you know, Dave taught him all the guitar parts before he died and, um, and, you know, Rick is, has taken over uh, guitar playing duties as well so we we're basically a five piece right now um we were a six piece and now we're a five piece but it's a it's you know it's a great band to be in everybody's friends we get along really well we have the same messed up sense of humor and you know (laughs) it's just it's 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 a great group of people to hang out with i mean it's really fun and uh is it more fun this this time around? For me, it's definitely more fun this time around because, because like I mean, I had what like twelve years to forget all the stuff I didn't like, mm-hmm. and remember all the stuff I did like, mm-hmm. and you know just live some life and and come back to it with with a positive attitude. So, um, you know, I, I feel really really fortunate to have been given the opportunity to, to do something a second time with, uh, you know, you always say like, man, if I could go back to high school now, sure. knowing what I know now. <laughs> and I mean, I kind of got to do that. Yeah. So, um, it's great. And then we started making records again and, and that's been really fun. And, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's and, the number one thing, right? That's why you play music is to have fun. Well, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. So you should be able to have fun when you do it, and it's a terrible thing that people start out doing it to have fun and to express their art and to have passion, and eventually it all gets boxed into this, mm-hmm. you know, it a can, job. You know, I mean, I mean anything that can happen with anything. Oh, it, and, it always and I think does. it's really like uh, the double-edged sword of of getting to do what you love, what you're passionate about, as a job. It's the monkey's paw. <laughs> It's good. He's right. Yeah, it is. You remember the monkey's paw? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, it's nasty stuff. It is. John, what's ne- what's next for the wigs? What uh, what what are the next things on the, on the so calendar? Writing songs. Or? So yeah, writing songs. We're gonna start recording again soon. And um, need any help with lyrics or? Uh, I know a guy. We can put together some. No. <laughs> I actually do. I, I definitely have a, a one bunch of one liners. Don't in think my we phone. need any help with lyrics. Yeah. Okay. Did we? Get I got that? some riffs. Too. Did we get that earlier on tape? I, I've got some. Uh, Billy's passing I got out some lyrics. Riffs. And Clifton back in the day, hoping somebody yeah. would. Yep. It was like Billy's own Tin Pan Alley back then, wasn't it? Maybe you yeah. should stand in front of uh, the shop and just pass out little pieces of paper with lyrics on them. Who's saying I don't? So I was in New York recently and I saw that David Bowie exhibit and he had a um, – in the exhibit was this computer program that he had uh-huh. that would basically take uh, newspaper headlines and stories and carve up the sentences into new sentences. Okay. So he could like fill columns with um, with words and phrases and then mix them up and, and print stuff out and huh. and uh, he used that as, as like an idea generator and um, – that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was probably because he didn't know you. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you're assuming that I didn't know David Bowie. Now let's let's uh, let's not jump to conclusions it, here. Uh, 
Uh, actually, I, I never. It knew. wasn't in the exhibit. Oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> the Furby wing. Yeah. I didn't uh, know David Bowie, but me and Ziggy Stardust were like this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I got this other band, too, that I play in uh, called Plastic Ants, and we have a couple records out. Oh, you play uh, performed at the CEAs, correct? Uh, did we? Am I thinking of something else? What did you play bass for at the CEAs? Oh, I just I sat in with my friend Kurt, who has a band called Carriers. Got Okay. Yeah. And there was a, a session that um, we did at Alter Suede. Um, Kurt's a singer-songwriter, and at the time didn't have a band, so... Um, I played bass on a bunch of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Brian Devendorf from uh, the National played drums. A uh, bunch of other people played on it. Yeah. Um, some of whom have become members, you know, permanent members yeah. of. I wouldn't mind having that as a backup band. Yeah, I was going to ask. Cool. I was <laughs> going to. That was on Brian. my list. I didn't, of... I didn't know him or, or anything. And I mean, of course, I knew of the band and stuff. But uh-huh. uh, but yeah, he's a cool drummer and and plays differently from a lot of people. Like he has a very. Uh, interesting style that's completely his own so that was kind of cool it's fun to play with other drummers as a bass player because you have to get even when when patrick joined the wigs it was uh you know we kind of had to i mean we'd been friends forever but had never really played together and and you know it took a while for us to kind of learn each other's nuances i I love him as a drummer so i'm excited to hear this because i've worn out multiple albums of his uh, and I I like drums as my most passionate and I how you said you always hear the bass I'm always listening to the drums and I love that guy yeah drums. I would I would kind of park myself on stage where I where I could like you know see him and Greg both at the same mm-hmm. time and just kind of watch that show well John Curley John Curley thank you so much for coming thank by you for tonight. having me man thank you, thank you so much for yeah. real, great awesome. great talk I know Aaron is kicking himself for not being able to join us this time family obligation uh, family and planned vacation he, like he knew that I'd been talking to you about coming on the show and uh, so he got yeah, out of town when, when, when I had emailed uh, the guys and I and I said who, who's lined up on this one he said oh boy and I'm out of town for is that, he in so. Asheville nope they went uh, d- uh, Michigan Oh, no, they nope. went to Michigan. Oh, they're in Mackinac, yeah. But that, that, yeah. incidentally, fun fact, uh, this Brooks, be fun. Brooke, it's not that fun, but Brooke's, <laughs> Brooke's mother was in uh, the exact same town as Aaron. Hmm. Wow. All week on vacation. Wow. All right, well, that's good. All right, All right. Yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Uh, well, we're joined by uh, well, my friend and yours, I'm sure, Nick Mitchell. Uh, now I, I, I'm not uh, officially uh, sure which which uh, musicians he has joining him tonight. Oh, cool! And, and, so, and, and so if you could uh, tell us, Nick, right. this is Nick on the microphone uh, looking uh, at me right now. If you could share us, uh, the you names have such of, a privilege right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool! I, I I do all my hip hop production under the name Juan Cosby. A couple months ago, I put an, out an album with these fellows here. They go by Weirdos, Mage yeah. Fist, and Elemental. Now, how do we spell and, Weirdos? Because I think it's different from most people's normal way that they would spell weirdos. Do you guys it's uh, W-E-I-R-D-O-S-E. There you go. How about that? Elemental and Mage Fist. Elemental there. and Mage Fest? Mage Fist. Mage it's Fist. a Diablo 2 reference. Is that it right? is an old school uh, PC game <laughs> when wow. I was a kid. How about that? Us hip-hop nerds, we somehow yeah. link up and... Not you know. Diablo. <laughs> Diablo 2. Diablo yeah, 2. Video game. Well, now, you guys, have your, you guys have your own uh, hip-hop act, but uh, uh, in addition to that, Nick, uh, you're in a, a, a handful of different projects, but you also oversee uh, the... Sorry. 
Adjust Your Eyes Festival, which is coming up, uh, and I believe this episode will be going live. What date, Matt, the producer? Uh, the 18th. Uh, July 18th, and when is the Adjust Your Eyes Festival? Nine days later. You all have nine days to there get, you your, get your things together. Yeah. Um, Make your plans. Plan an illness at your <laughs> at your place of employment. Uh-huh. Sure. And Call in well. I'm feeling great. I can't come into work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck in Northside somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. And and it's well. Speaking of Northside, the the, the festival's in Northside. Right. Uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about the festival. Well, this year we're raising money for Women Helping Women again. We did that last year, uh-huh. and um, they were one of the best. Uh, partners we've had throughout the years as far as raising money they they were uh they were pre- they were more present than a lot of the people we've worked with um and what do they do um so it's it's women volunteering to help women who are battered and you know are in a rough time maybe teen teen mothers people who are in abusive relationships so they took us around the facility and they've got a spot where they have people that just take phone calls from people that are not doing well and you know need some just someone to talk to and some support Mm -hmm. they had this other room that was just full of toiletries and you know just things like shampoo or canned goods other things that people could use we're going to try to set up booths at a lot of the venues this year that will people could donate to and so you can bring stuff in and they can get that to the people that need it you know now how many years uh is the uh, festival Oh my gosh! I think it's, it's a while, right? A lot. I think it's like the fourteenth year. Fourteenth year. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So since I was twenty-one, basically. Yeah, and how old are you now? So, thirty-five. Uh, thirty-five. <laughs> oh, okay. Are, are you the founder then? A wise yes. old man at thirty-five. Yeah. Wow. That's something to say right there. Yeah, my my well, God. It was originally planned to be the festival for my band at the time, The Terrors. Adjust Your Eyes was the, was the name of one of our songs. Uh-huh. We thought it'd be a cool idea for the festival name. We broke up three months before the festival. You, you thought, I'll just throw a festival <laughs> so that my band will get a gig. And how many venues are involved at this point uh, in, in Northside? This year we've got six venues. Uh, two of the venues are doing multiple stages, so eight stages in all. Wow. Over the course of two days this year. Wow. Yeah. This is, that, that's insane. Yeah, it's pretty wild. All genres of music, stage projections, cool yeah. production from Bunk News, and uh-huh. a lot of really cool Are people. you enjoying it? Or, 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 or are you thinking, like, why in the world did I take this on? And, and now I'm uh, stuck doing it. It's more like I have a hip-hop festival at the end of August now, too, that I'm putting together. So oh, now geez. it's just kind of like it's Oh, all. you're one of those guys. And one of these, you know. You, you, you don't say no to anything. That's what you do. <laughs> Well, I mean, last year I did – there were four hip-hop showcases that were all on the first day of the festival, and I was worried. I was like, man, these are going to conflict with each other. Uh-huh. I don't know how this is going to work out. And then it turned out by the end of the weekend those were the four most well-attended um, showcases of the whole weekend. So yeah. I was like, all right, well, I have something here. Uh-huh. Maybe try to split it up. There's still some hip-hop on AYE for sure. Yeah. But, um, adjust your eyes. Adjust your eyes. For the yeah. non- For the people who aren't saying it a thousand times a day. AYE. <laughs> and, and, and your... <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so we, we decided to try to do that. And it all seemed great in December, January. Got a lot of it lined up. Mm-hmm. But now we're, you know, we're in the thick of things here. Getting everything right together. On. Yeah. Why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> so who are the folks uh, that, that are part of the lineup this year? Okay, so in big print, the big print acts are Electric Citizen, yeah, 
Uh, wow, wow. Mr. Tyler Randall from Dog Yop is yeah. doing a set. A previous guest uh, here <laughs> on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, so. <clears throat> no big yeah. You to, yeah, dig back. You can yeah. Do a search, you guys. Do a search. Uh, Find Google that one. So Google. great Elias books all the bands. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he sure does. Thanks. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Tyler's tireless, tireless efforts of Elias. Yeah. Yeah. He better have mentioned the festival. Yeah, That's all I run I'm a saying. barbecue chain, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you do, Billy? <laughs> oh, yeah, while you're busy booking the bands. Right. The oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Bill, Billy, Electric Billy Citizen. Books the band. We've got Electric Citizen. We've, we've got Tyler. Uh, and, and who else now? Uh, I've got us in big print there. I've got yeah. Juan Cosby well, of course and Weirdos. Do, yeah, 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 you got to, you know. The Harlequins. The Harlequins, yeah. Okay, great. An yeah, old yeah. school Grasshopper Juice Records band. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, and, and since you brought it up, Grasshopper Juice Records, you, you run a record, a local record label. That's as right. Well. Yeah. And, and so, uh, I don't know, for folks uh, listening to this, who, who this might be the first time they've heard that phrase. Oh. Tell us, give us the the, the quick uh, elevator pitch on uh, Grasshopper Juice. Grasshopper Juice Records started as a way to put our own stuff out, do distribution, everything else without uh-huh. having someone else's hands in our business. Because uh-huh. I'd been, never I'd fun. had some experiences with that previously. Yeah, and you know, I've got a big head, so I was like, we can do this ourselves. It'll be easy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, but well, but you're still doing it. You're still doing <laughs> We're it. We're still doing it. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're almost 10 years strong now, and more and more people become part of it and help uh-huh. it help it grow and help it survive. And ha- how many artists are tied in now to Grasshopper Juice? Man, there was a long list on our website. I couldn't yeah. say, yeah. 75 a lot million? Of- <laughs> At least. Give, give or take. <laughs> give or take a mil, you know, but yeah. not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> mostly Cincinnati, but what? um uh-huh. Well, part part of what we do uh, with with this podcast, we we like to have some music from time to time. Would you guys mind doing a song for us? For us? I, I think yeah. we can handle that. Absolutely. Yeah? Oh man, they were saying no on the way here. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we just used to tell well, you. Well, uh, <laughs> would, uh, would you like to make something up or is this something uh, that that folks will see at the festival or uh, um, yeah, it'll be at the festival. Yeah, yes. yeah. We'll do stuff from the album. Uh, What's it well, called? Uh, this first one we'll do is called Boomerang. Cool. Boomerang? You guys cool. agree with it? Uh, yeah. Boomerang? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Juan Cosby and the Weirdos here, uh, Lost on the River. I'm inclined to recline my seat back and define a relapse. I need that to seek facts and beeline. Straight to the point with the joint that I'll be fine. Rewind, 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 rewind. Spin into oblivion, drifting into the static of magical interaction. The patterns only imagine potential interference, kinetically reestablished. Inhabiting of these atoms, a method amid the madness. Been the catalyst for tragedy, but gravity's impaired. So when the status goes inactive, go be tactical, aware. Don't come back to this dimension till you're actually prepared. And when it's compatible, the matter so immaculate, I swear Giving up on dumb luck I've been up for three days From sundown to sun up My mind running relays These days feeling caught up in a freeze frame Delay, 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 delay So when it falls through Where you gonna fall to? Call it a home in the depths of your mind You think some tall truths Really can absolve you 
when you're alone and there's nowhere to hide. Stuck in sleep paralysis, caught in the rigor mortis. I'm locked up inside a coffin and dropping out of the orbit. Exhausted all my options, I lost them within the forest. Distorted my sense of worth just by watching what's not important. And now I'm picking apart my brain to find the things that help me sleep at night. Keep it even keel, I'll spin the wheel and throw the dice. Like, without some ruckus, what the fuck is the hype, right? Keep looking for new ways to ignite life, life, life. Slipping to the shadows, been ripped right out of my body. I'm tripping down to the gallows, my vision is getting foggy. Don't even know what happened, collapsing into the poppy. And clicking my heels for home, not a soul that could ever stop me. On a psychedelic ride, high, driving it through the mind's eye. Feeling it climbing up my spine, reading between the lines. Leaving the weak and defeated behind, we disguise it by design. Light a fire, intertwine it with the primal and divine. So where it falls through, where you gonna fall to? Call it a home in the depths of your mind. You think some tall truths really can absorb you? When you're alone and there's nowhere to hide. Hey, thanks. Thank you. And believe it is cold to see better moments But focus on his appearance Slowly you start to notice His shoulders they hold the onus Of broken cities and bones The only life that he knows The only time he feel home When he's off the caboose Pretty long in the tooth If you play your cards right You'll get them all into you Toss the fight the life out of anybody to try him Might be for survival But maybe just the excitement he's trying to find a balance Tying it all together Like flying over the limit Just sliding under the weather As tired as he is Clever steady weather in the storm Ready for the Whatever is in store Resurrected, press the panic through his chest Kiss the breath that he possessed He finished battling with death Now he's lacking any sense Cause he's better than the best Lay the beat to all these leeches Put these maggots to the test Radical and passionate He's actually immaculate Raise the bar, take it far There ain't nobody passing it Out of sight, feeling in our gut, deep in the bones, this predatory nature, the way we're composed, coursing through our blood, deep in our veins, it's animal behavior, no way to be changed. Feeling in our gut, deep in the bones, this predatory nature, the way we're composed, coursing through our blood, deep in our veins, it's animal behavior, no way to be changed. Dorsal fin pointed up directly at the sun. Circle around your vessel, tip the bucket to chunks. So come get it some, live it some, rip it for fun. I'm in a done, different love, this is the one. Now it's back to the water, the panic is playing a proper disadvantage. It's the ravenous manner in which I hunt. I smell blood from a mile away. Keep my mind on my stomach and one eye on my prey. Never straying from the path, I'm playing to take it past. Faking their way. Taking the bait, they just cast the nets, thinking it's safe in this place with the deadliest catch. All hands on deck, life vest to chest. I got the crew going overboard, catch your breath. Shipwrecked in distress, I'ma test your flesh. Go D E A T H, that's death. Death to my foes and enemies who oppose me. Left to a road embedded in my exposed teeth. No reach from a lifeless hand, a slow sink so deep, it enticed the sand dunes. 
what the fuck you gonna do? Who ready and competitive predators coming through? On the move, letting loose, steady feeding on the truth. Belly of the beast, swelling with the proof. Feel it in our gut, deep in the bones. Predatory nature, the way we're composed. Coursing through our blood, keeping our veins. It's animal behavior, no way to be changed. Feel it in our gut, deep in the bones. It's predatory nature, the way we're composed. Coursing through our blood, deep in our veins. It's animal behavior, no way to be changed. All right, uh, we're back uh, here. <laughs> wow, that was a uh, very nice work uh, by Juan Cosby and Weirdos here. At Lost. On that was River. awesome. It was good. Yeah. Uh, Fun. Thanks, well, guys. Yeah, we Thank knew they were going to do. Yeah, we it. knew they were going to knock out Boomerang, uh, but then uh, uh, another song that you were able to get in after Boomerang. Uh, does that <laughs> does that song have a title? Predatory Nature. Predator. Oh, that sounds uh, pretty tough. Yeah. You're uh, both off our. Album we just dropped, uh, Fire in the Brain. Fire in the Brain? Yes, sir. That, where, where can we pick that up at? Uh, Usually on... people bring us free copies when they visit the... Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I brought they them. They're just in still car. in my car. You can give us a download <laughs> code. It's going to go write a check. <laughs> it's on most streaming yeah, iTunes, devices. Spotify. Or, yeah. Yeah. You can come give like me that. cash and I'll put it in my pocket and Sweet. Yeah, yeah. give you one later <laughs> or something. If you get on iTunes, you probably get like a dollar for every sale or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's all about the change when this podcast goes live. Oh, wow. International it will audience. Be in, that's what I'm telling you. pretty high demand, I'm expecting. That's what I'm telling you. International. <laughs> Huge in Romania. Uh, uh, yeah. Where can someone from Romania pick up? Uh, and, and, uh, well, they're going to be able to hear it on this podcast. Well, they're going to hear this on the podcast. But I'm, I'm thinking, uh, uh, where can folks uh, connect with your band? It's on Bandcamp. Uh, Facebook, website, Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Facebook, uh, iTunes, Facebook. Instagram. Instagram. All okay. YouTube, which which uh, this is a, a great time for me to just slip in a comment. We've we've started getting some of the numbers back on the podcast here. Sure. Uh, this is episode fifteen, mm-hmm. and my God, we're we're getting people from all over the world. It's weird. It's it's as if the World Wide Web extends. It's working around the world. It's uh, <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah uh, now uh, yeah yeah. Uh, so, which I mean, it's a very good thing, and very cool to see that and notice that, and 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 my God, if if you are in any in any place other than Cincinnati and listening to this podcast, thank you so much from all of us here. And feel free to you know for, uh, write connecting us a note. with our history. Yeah. Write us a note. Write us a note. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, we are we are uh, building out the website now. Herzogmusic.com is the website. Uh, we have a contact form. Please uh, get to us. We we will see the messages. Uh, we hope to share some of uh, our, our listeners' feedback. Uh, obviously, we're still struggling with how to uh, <laughs> connect with with this audience that we that we were surprised to to be collecting. Not to take away from our, our special guests here. So uh, special. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, but, but heck on, on, on that note, uh, uh we think you're going to talk about history. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, I'm, I'm sorely lacking in some of the hip hop history of Cincinnati. You guys have anything to share on that? Oh, cool. Yeah. So today, um, I went to hybrid image, 
uh, tattoo and piercing shop. Over, what, what did you get uh, pierced? I, I can't say. <laughs> yeah. Good. My wife's going to find out later. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I didn't talk to him at all. But in passing, I passed DJ High Tech. Never seen him in person. Yeah. He's a big part of uh, Cincinnati hip hop history. Uh-huh. Black Star, Talib Kweli, Most Def. Mood. Uh, mood. 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 Dante and Mainflow. Yeah. They're all and, connected. Uh, Animal Crackers. Ooh, yeah. Mr. Dibs. Mm, I'm going to see Noah later tonight, actually. Oh, Natty, you are? Natty Code from... He's a friend of ours, so make sure you... you what should I tell him? You should uh, say, hey, I was hanging out with Billy and Elias. Noah helped out the record store uh, quite a bit and, nice. and got us a bunch of records to, to, to sell when we got kicked off and we got going. He's yeah. Good, he's a good dude. You know what happened? We, we, we were opening Herzog Music downstairs. Noah... Uh, and, and, and the Animal Crackers guys uh, said, well, are you going to sell records? And we said, well, we didn't really think about that, but I guess we could. And we thought maybe we'd just set a crate, uh, like a crate of records out. Well, Noah shows up with a moving truck full of records. <laughs> His family's probably like, get them out of our houses. Yeah. So all <laughs> seconds. Yeah, so, so all of a sudden we're, we're thinking, well, now we got to figure out how to... How, Where are we going to get rid of all these Barbra Streisand? <laughs> <laughs> but it was all good stuff. Well, Herb Alberts. Yeah, huh? yeah, let's, let's figure out how we're going to clean these and, and present them and price them. And, and this is a whole... Not like our schedules weren't, weren't busy enough trying to open a music store. Uh, with with instruments and, and whatnot, yeah. And then we had our opening weekend, and we looked back at like, ah, what were uh, people interested in? And we said, oh boy, we need to get some more records. <laughs> <laughs> so you owe Noah a share of the business or something. It sounds yeah. like. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Certainly. <laughs> and, and 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 they've been uh, part of. Uh, on Clyde Stubblefield's uh, birthday, I believe, was the date that we did a Funky Drummer Fest to refer back to the, the, the Funky Drummer go. track. Uh, and and uh, still, of, of course, in, in friendly personal communications with those guys, but also communicating about uh, an annual Funky Drummer Fest that we're hoping to build into something pretty big here. Nice. So. So stay tuned for that. Stay totally, tuned. Yeah. Funky uh, we're gonna right. we're gonna do it in August. Nice. There you go. <laughs> I'm making that up. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. Don't say what year. Just August. August 2024. We didn't mean this year. <laughs> well, it's good, it's good that you got Nick to run it. That's nice of you. <laughs> Nick said he would do. A... <laughs> yes. Oh good. Yes. <laughs> Plenty of time on his. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's hear more about this album you guys put together. Where was it uh, put together? At? What did you record? We recorded actually at Drew's house in Northside. It was the first time we recorded ourselves for like an extended period of time you know we, we dabbled but usually went somewhere else so you guys gonna do one more for us hey Juan Cosby and the weirdos play us one more track if you yeah. ask nicely uh, four more times we'll we, we, we guys please play another song yeah I think we can we'll give you one, one more, more. alright that would that would rule this one's called makeshift state yeah you guys uh, we're gonna Let's do, do it, it. alright I'll queue it up yep Left for dead. I checked the trailhead. The trailhead. 
Off to the races, caught in a makeshift state Exhaust and creation, lost in the framework Rocked in the cost of my patience Take it, make way for the scrape from the pavement Shit got tripped on the way from the cave to the crypt Raising the flame to the whip, haze to the mist Mage got a fistful of rage, untame at the lip Not just another page in the myth Phasing the risk out, phase flames till we stick out Laying every brick down, ripping from the big pick Pixels a miscount, both feet on the ground, I can feel it Better not, never stop till I shot through the ceiling A possible optimal optional feeling Stealing our thoughts from my optics, lost in the obstacles Watch as I drift through the open air, hoping there's another soul with a moment to spare. On the rope to the tote to share, smoke and flare, fired at the sun. Eyes never lie, got a prime for the run. When the timing aligns, I'll reside in the mud. Passion to find in the blood, hazardous climb from the rut. Alive in the mind, it's a must, from the spine to dig up. By design, I'm inclined to give up. Fuck, suck at a fork in the road. Born to absorb in a row, but a portion just wants to ignore and implode. Record and explore the unknown, growth in the form of a zone. Keep a hoarder where the doors are closed. Tell the stories I abhor the most. Go back to the way things were, back to the earth. Act like the pain don't hurt, but I'm saying by the same old dirt. Work, 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 work. Trapped in a maze, don't turn. Strapped to the earth. Act like the frame won't burst, but I'm chained to the same old curse. Work, 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 work. Back to the way things were. Back to the earth. Act like the pain don't hurt, but I'm staying by the same old dirt. Work, 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 work. Trapped in a maze, don't turn. Strapped to the earth. Act like the frame won't burst, but I'm chained to the same old curse. Work, 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 work. Face to the pavement. Strange how my day went waste. Make my skip to the face of the moon, I'm gone Gotta move it along till I find me a place that I truly belong Cause the move that I'm on keeps pulling me down So I shoot for the clouds, looking and I found me a way Yet it's out in the cave, but the rock takes so long I'm about to taste a little out of space Cause I'm bound to chase the unknown I said I'm down on luck, down on time Got a ward in the while I'm out and climb But I'm running out of room in a crowded mind Deuces to the coop, I'm about to fly Take me down to the rabbit hole that flame to my soul was wasting away So I had to go that I know, change tools, make it time. I'm looking for proof, I'm afraid to find. In the day it's found, seek safe ground, cause it turned out of this paradigm. So, whoa, I'm choosing where to go with this, but do it very low. Got used to where we roam, sometimes the truth is scary. Been afraid, but I'm still awake, so I pen the page of my all. Elemental major, never in the state that we been, we're breaking through walls. Let's fall back, back to the way things were, back to the earth. Actually, don't hurt, but I'm staying with the same old dirt. Work, 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 work. Trapped in the maze, don't turn. Trapped to the earth. Act like the frame won't burst, but I'm chained to the same old curse. Work, 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 work. Back to the way things were. Back to the earth. Act like the pain don't hurt, but I'm staying by the same old dirt. Work, 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 work. Trapped in the maze, don't turn. Trapped to the earth. Act like the frame won't burst, but I'm chained to the same old curse. Work, 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 work. On the wrong path, never coming back home, leaving you away from everything you know. Grow to hate it, but embrace it so as not to feel alone, feel alone, alone. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I'd like to uh, <laughs> thank our guests, uh, Juan Cosby and The Weird Dose. Thank you, guys. Uh, promoting uh, the Adjust Your Eyes Festival. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, coming up. Thanks for uh, having us. And, and when does that kick off again? July 27th and 28th. How about that? Uh, in Northside, uh, neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, thank you as well to our earlier guest, uh, John Curley, from the Afghan Wigs and uh, behind the Ultra Suede Recording Studio. Uh, pretty cool stuff there. I'd uh, like to apologize for 
fanboying on him. Matt, Matt severely. I, I don't know how much we'll make. The, what do you uh, mean by editing. fanboy? Matt severely <laughs> fanboyed out on John, and and they got some one-on-one selfies, totally. and some other stuff that we're not going to share. But uh, yeah, Which, yeah you know, do. a night to remember. It, it was, was a night to remember. Night. I'll be talking about it for years to come. Oh boy, John. Poor John had to ride his bike home. <laughs> yeah, he went up a hill. He's, like, rough, yeah, right? he's in the shower right now, shaking. <laughs> I offered him a ride home. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I can fit your bike in my van. That's cool. <laughs> All right. As always, we invite uh, listeners. Hey, hey. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're, we're starting to get some of the uh, information and data back on our podcast. Analytics and and, and analytics they call it and, data. And, and now this is this has been a, a a little bit of a pleasant surprise to us. I wasn't joking. Uh, we we know that folks are listening in from all over the globe, and this is a huge. Very big deal to us uh, here. Uh, of course, this program is produced uh, in part uh, under the umbrella of the Cincinnati USA Music Heritage Foundation, uh, which we, we, we seek to uh, preserve and share the uh, significant musical and cultural contributions of the Cincinnati region uh, around the world. And, and then also, uh, of course, to celebrate our contemporary artists, and cultural contributions, uh, and so that, that that's a very big deal, folks, uh, to to us. And thank you for listening thank in. You. If you're listening in at this point, you made it through the episode, and and you're 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 one of our uh, congratulations. Uh, yeah, you're one of our river rats. Hey, Pat go, yourself go on the you. back. There you go. Uh, we invite you as always to visit herzogmusic.com. Send us your feedback, your comments. Let us know what you like. Um, you know, let us know what you don't like, and we can yeah. uh, probably nothing. Probably, it's all great. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Uh, anyway, uh, at any rate, folks, that's that's where you can reach us. Uh, please uh, uh, get uh, in touch with us. I'd li- also and, like to thank. And well, hold on, I'd like to say, remind people if you're Matt hearing this producer. and you're listening to this on a device, uh, subscribe. Go on, just just do it. You know, I know a lot of people listen on the website because uh, we post that's, it there. That's but. Matt, our producer's voice, and he's in it charge is. of a lot of the technical stuff. Matt, uh, I am. Why don't you share how folks can? They're going to start dialing out if we don't get to the point here. But uh, subscribe. Just there's it's where right do you there. Subscribe. iTunes. It's usually, what else? Button. You can you can subscribe. Stitcher via iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Stitcher. All right. Correct. That's Here. cute that you had that written down. You couldn't I, remember. It's in my. I didn't write it down. That's in my brain. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to go with the joke. It's uh, written down in your brain. (laughs) I tattooed it. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, big thanks to our sponsors, the Thunderdome Restaurant Group, bringing you favorites like the Eagle, Maplewood Kitchen and Bar, Kruger's, and Bakersfield. Also, thanks to Otto's uh, Covington and Eli's Barbecue, as well as the Cincinnati USA Music Heritage Foundation. Thank you. A uh, big, big thanks to our engineer, Clint Stevenson, and our producer, Matt Spaulding. Thank you. And, uh, of course, uh, credit uh, due to the awesome intro and outro music for our program, recorded right here uh, about two years ago, something like that, by a band called The All-Seeing Eyes. Appreciate you all for dialing in. Uh, we'll see you next time. That's a wrap, Bill. The next one's episode 16. We are getting, we are getting up there. Can't wait till we get the double digits. Candles. Our, uh, our, our little show can drive. Thanks, there Nick, for laughing at my. Right? <laughs> what do we got next time? I'm not going to tell you. It'll yeah, be a surprise. Come on, who's on the show next? Cool stuff. I'm not going to tell you. Well, I got cool Elias stuff. waiting for Elias to book the van. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I got to get to work at my barbecue restaurant tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Thanks, folks. We'll see you. <laughs>